Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Here we go. Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go, this is it. This is Top Flight Time Machine, I am Andy Hotbody Dawson, pow, pow, pow. I'm Sam Nifty Delaney, so what? Welcome along to Monday morning episode, my voice is going a little bit, Sam, my voice is a bit is croaky. It? Why is that? I don't know, maybe it's Omnicron. Omnicron. I, I hope it's not. Well, yeah, we both um, had a bit of bad luck then, because guess what happened to me this morning on my morning run? Trudging dog a... shit, mate. Oh, I thought you were going to say you had a fall. No, could have done, because there was that much dog shit on my fucking running shoe, just really? one, thank God, Ugh. that I thought I'm lucky to have not gone arse over titty. But I didn't notice it at the time. I only noticed it when I got in the car. I thought, what the fuck is that? But obviously there's a nostalgic element to it, because... I was going to say, it's very old school, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, you don't tread in dog shit so much anymore, whereas in the 80s, it was almost, well, <laughs> twice a week minimum, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, it littered the pavements everywhere you went. Because I mean, some I had a dog just, in the some 80s. Some people used to let their dogs out on a morning and let them run free. That's what I did. I know, that, I'm referring yeah, to you. Is that, is that, yeah, yeah, we just used to let the dog run free. But dog shit even, Charlie. <laughs> even if we were walking it, if the dog needed a shit, my 80s dog... Mm. Right, it was an 80s dog, so sometimes it just you'd be walking along and it'd sort of look yeah. at you like I need it, and it'd start shitting. And you wouldn't even, you'd just think, Oh, it's having a shit, and you just let it shit. You'd carry and then on, you'd wouldn't carry you? on, yeah. on your merry way. Yeah, I mean, my mum did used to say, If you see her doing wanting to do a shit or trying to do a shit, drag her into the road, right? That's what we used to do with it, with ours, yeah. But, but it was horrible because, like, Bella was a very stupid dog, mm. and um, I don't know if dogs were stupider in the 80s, quite possibly. Might have been something they were putting in the old pedigree chum back then. Yeah, I think lead. so. They put a lot of lead in it, didn't lead they? Lead and chalk, mostly. Lead and yeah. chalk is what they put in dog food in the, yeah. to pad it out in the 80s. So it sent them thick. And um, you'd and I'd go, oh, in the road. And she'd just look at me with her tongue hanging out, like, what, what the fuck are you on about in the road? <laughs> Can't you see I'm a dog? doing what dogs do, shitting, right? <laughs> and so then I'd have to pull it. I'd have to pull her, you know, with the with the lead. Mm-hmm. And, and she was so... She wouldn't cut on on to what I was trying to do. Mm-hmm. So her sort of claws would come out. And people often forget that dogs do have claws, Andy. They do, yeah. They're often associated just with cats and bears, but dogs do have claws. It's just that they don't show them very often. And yeah. so claws would come out. I can, I can visualise it now. I can still hear it, the scratch, the scrape. Because I'd pull and she'd just sort of try to, like, cling to the pavement, mm. like, as if she was, like, really passionate about wanting to shit on the pavement as opposed well, I mean, to in the if, road. If someone tried Maybe to, it was a political thing. If someone tried to wrap their arms around your neck, for example, and drag you off the pot while you were having a shit, how would you you'd feel be, about it? Yeah, you'd resist, wouldn't you? 
Exactly. I would, yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah, quite. Think about it that way. Yeah, fucking stop bothering me. I'm trying to shit. This is it's bad enough that I have to do it in public in front of you without you fucking pulling me around on the end of a chain. Once again, Sam, on this podcast, I'm asking you to put yourself in the mind of the dog. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, listen, I'm not bad mouthing Bella because I love her. I loved her and I still do love her. She's very much in my heart even though she left us in 1994. But, yeah, you know, uh, I did used to try and pull her into the road. She resisted, and being a kid, I'd just think, all right, fuck it, just shit there. But mm. the idea that you would pick that shit up, I mean, I remember it was something like That's Life did it as a joke piece about the pooper scooper when that came out. Oh, yeah. And that was considered like a joke. People weren't sure whether it was a spoof news story like the spaghetti mm. growing on trees yeah. lark, yeah. right? Uh, you thought, pooper scooper, yeah, right. People have got a little shovel nah. they fucking carry around <laughs> to shovel up the dog shit with. Yeah, of course I have, mate. Whatever next day. <laughs> what, the moon's made out of cheese and all, is it? Struggle on. <laughs> <laughs> that was it dog shit bags were not a thing in the 80s for the 80s weren't. dogs we didn't have time no. for that there was a minor strike on my my dog my dog who was a, a black labrador called mm. Sam and he would um, he would call Sam named after you obviously wasn't because I didn't know you then interesting um, he, interesting he, um, that you have found yourself in a working relationship with me in what I think it's fair to say the autumn of your life is it? <laughs> uh, uh, and it's sort of like the world's no, gone not. full circle. <laughs> life Could it goes be? full circle. You've had two idiots in your life, one at the, that has bookended your life, both called <laughs> Sam. One in the spring, one in the autumn. Yeah. <laughs> Could it be that I have subconsciously selected you to work with and that's recreate that working dog relationship? <laughs> yeah, that's very. That's how I perceive it anyway. So I've always perceived it. Things are making more sense to me now. I think, to be fair, to be fair, the dog was more trainable than you are. Um, <laughs> At least the dog remembered its regular meal times. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> but yeah, he would. Um, he would usually. He would like prefer to shit on grass. So he would only ever shit on the, the pavement if it was an emergency shit. So um, I was quite lucky in that in that respect. I mean, we all have emergency shits, don't we? Now and again. Oh yeah. Don't we just? Like the one I had in Pizza Express once. Um, the, that's the, my, uh, I guess yeah, that's my big fear when we're ever on tour. My big fear is the the advent of the emergency shit mid-show. No, Don't, not possible. Well, it's never happened so far, has it? But You'd that's have to do a lurking. Gary Lineker and pretend to slip over and then just drag just yourself along on your the, bum on stage just, and hope that no one noticed. Just behind the, behind the seats where the carrier bags and the props <laughs> are. I'd yeah. cover for you, mate. I'd say it was part of the act. I mean, I'd be able to tell what was going on because I'd be up close. I'd say it was all part of the act. It was a routine that we'd rehearsed. Yeah. So, um, um, yeah, like, like, um, because actually we do write things into our shows that appear to be errors, but we put in there for comic effect. Like, for instance, if you came to our show and if you didn't, apologies, this will mean nothing to you. I hope you're not going to reveal a secret here. It doesn't need to be revealed. All right, I won't tell them what bit, what bits it was, <laughs> but what I will say is that someone wrote a comment about our show. Right, I'm not even going to give them the oxygen of publicity by saying where I read this, but 
But get ready for this, Andy. Mm. And I hope you'll be behind me in my anger about this. But I've, yeah. I'm a bit worried about how you're going to respond. Someone said that for the Manchester show, I, mm. Sam Delaney, was woefully unprepared. <laughs> really? <laughs> woefully, Andy. <laughs> woefully. <laughs> I was so badly I was so badly prepared, right? That it was it filled someone with woe. What the fuck? Who the, someone was sat in the audience that? watching me being unprepared, or so they thought I was unprepared. What I'm saying is is that those bits are written in, dickhead, right? But the it was it when they saw what they thought was me being unprepared, rather than mm. just saying, Oh well, he's a bit unprepared, ha <laughs> funny, or pfft. What well, what do I expect? The blokes are can right? Which is the normal reaction. He he sat there and his body and soul and his mind were consumed by woe. Woe, Andy. They're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Not as an Elvis, whoa, whoa. <laughs> whoa, this is going real bad. Whoa, whoa, mama. Whoa, mama. This Delaney man, he ain't prepared sufficiently. <laughs> He ain't prepared. Like the king is prepared. When I went on ahead, Sullivan Shaw. <laughs> I always prepared. I rehearsed. I, re- I went over the lyrics of my song Hound Dog again and again and again. <laughs> even though I'd already sung it hundreds of times. Didn't mean I didn't rehearse. Prepare. <laughs> Failed to prepare. <laughs> prepare. Fail. <laughs> That's my mother. I rehearsed for nine hours a day. And I've heard that the professional darts players only practice for eight hours a day. So that makes me better than them. So I'm doing better than them. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, woefully unprepared. You're woefully Uh, unprepared. Oh, man. Well, where did that comment appear? I missed that. Not fucking even telling you, mate. Don't deserve to... The, 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 the platform, no one no one involved in this sorry fucking episode deserves a mention. <laughs> I mean, for God's sake. But what I'm trying to say is, the bits where I went wrong were mainly <laughs> scripted, although some of them were not. But I mean, fuck's sake. Well, it was only something like I forgot a prop and I had to go off stage to get it. Fuck's sake. Oh, sorry, am I wasting your time? Oh, oh no. I'm sorry, but... um. This would that not was, happen in a West End show. I mean, this was, is this is a waste of time. He spent ten seconds. That's dead stage time. And anyone who knows anything <laughs> about the entertainment industry it knows that that is unacceptable. <laughs> dead stage time is unacceptable. You begin to lose the audience one by one, minute by minute, as it drags on. <laughs> Fucking hell! I could have been doing anything tonight. Disney on Ice is a showing in Manchester this evening. I could have been at that. I bet none of them forgot their props. Did you forget a prop in Manchester? I thought that was just in Birmingham and Newcastle. Yeah, probably not. I forgot my sunglasses or something like that when Did we you? were being Roger uh, Taylor. Was it? Was it just? Um, it was just you. This said was woefully underprepared. Not me. Yes. That, if not, I wouldn't be mentioning it. Well, if I didn't feel singled out rude. and bullied, yeah. then it yeah. wouldn't have mattered. But it's like they go, yeah, no. They were like, Andy Dawson was, of course, thoroughly prepared to the letter. The consumer yeah. professional. <laughs> oh, he was sharp as a tack. <laughs> Fuck you, no. Yeah. Oh, well. So, anyway, I can't remember how that came about, but obviously I resent it. 
and, and I trod in dog shit. So that's two bad things that have happened to poor old Sam this weekend. So, Although that comment appeared quite a while ago. Do I need to ask you how you coped with the dog shit? What did you do? Did you throw the show away in the bin? Or? Very, with great maturity. I don't mind admitting to you that in the past, see, me, I'm always looking at personal growth, aren't I? Progress, not perfection. That mm. is my motto. And mm-hmm. I like to like constantly, not constantly, but regularly I check in on myself to take stock of how I've moved forward as a human being, yeah? Mm. Um, in a variety of different ways, mostly spiritually. Yeah. And I was really pleased with myself because I, I got in the car, I smelt this dog shit, I looked at it and the particular running shoes that I have are like, they're for tra- they're, they're called for trail running so they're not those little lightweight ones because I run a lot in the park and whatnot so I have ones with a lot of grip on the sole which right. from a dog shit perspective is a disaster right really because I thought they'd be you- equipped for dog shit or other animal shit if they're trail running shoes well you'd think so but yeah. you know when there's like a huge amount of stuff going on on the sole all sorts of lumps and bumps and crevices and ridges. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So if you tread in a dog shit, it is disastrous. So, but what I did was I tackled it head on. And I'll, I'll admit to you, when I was in my early 30s, I had a pair of uh, Nike Air Max that I quite liked, but they were, I'd had them for a while and they were reaching a point at which I was thinking, at some stage, I will have to upgrade these, right? Yeah. And um, anyway, I trod in dog shit in them one morning. And I was furious, and the dog shit got really involved in the soul, dug in deep. It was it was a lot of shit. And I looked at it, and I thought, <laughs> fuck really this. Involved. They're getting upgraded anyway soon. <laughs> this is just the sign. This is this God telling me to get down JD Sports. So I yeah. fucking chucked him in the bin, right? Right. Now, that is... I'm not massively proud of that story, but that's something that I did, and there so I've said did, it. yeah. Right, something I did. I'm not boasting. I think it's embarrassing to admit, but I was I was close to getting to getting a new pair anyway. So in the bin they went because I couldn't be bothered cleaning the shit off. This morning, I saw the shit and I I acted fast. I jumped out of the car because luckily I hadn't started driving by the time I identified it. And lucky for me, the park was covered in in quite a stiff frost. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I just got on the grass and I started sort of moonwalking about on it, yeah? Which, there was a few dog walkers giving me funny looks. (laughs) Shit removal moonwalk. Yeah, I was doing a shit removal moonwalk, but it was perfect conditions for shit removal, Andy, right? Because the grass was quite long, but it it had a stiff frost, the sort of frost that even when you rub a shoe on it quite hard, it doesn't completely come off the grass. Yeah. So it's really good for cleaning off the excess of the shit. Couldn't yeah. get it all off from the ridges. And I got home and I thought, well, I can either leave these out in the garden so it's not to smell the house and then probably forget about them. They'll get rained on and I'll just start using another old pair of running shoes and just forget about these fuckers. Or mm. I can just deal with it now. Tricky. Deal with it now. <laughs> <It's> tricky. <laughs> I put them in the garden. I found, um, a, a, you know, a sponge. What do you call a sponge with a scourer on the top of it? It's a Classic. sponge with a scourer on the top. Yeah. So sc- one of them. A scour sponge. We had we had a fresh pack of them, yeah? Yeah. So I got one of them out. I put some gloves on. I went to the outdoor tap that's in uh, in the garden. 
and I also, for good measure, squirted um, some fairy liquid on the sole of the shoe. And I just fucking, I thought, act now, think later. I held mm. my breath and I scrubbed the fuck out of the sole, ran it under the tap, yeah. and then I put them, and then I, and then once they were thoroughly clean, I put them under the radiator. And I thought, bang, it's done. When you have a problem, rather than think about it, dwell upon it, let it hang around your neck like an albatross for, for days <clears> afterwards, <throat> deal with it. And I dealt with the shit. That's a, I put that's the, a life I lesson. I threw away the scour straight in the bin. Exactly. I put the gloves in the washing machine <clears> and <throat> everything's going to be fine. And the progress between 32-year-old me who threw a pair of Nike Air Max away and 46-year-old me who's just scrubbed the shit off and has just moved on with life. That's... To me, that's something, you know, There is only sm- you have to praise yourself for some things and the way in it's... which I tackle shit is something that I'm feeling good about today. Exactly. It feels like a parable almost. Is that the right mm. word? Or an allegory? Mm. One of them. It might be both. I'm not sure, but it feels like that. It's uh, there's there's metaphors galore in there. Well, you know, I read a, I read a. Um, oh, and then when I got home, there, I had a thing from the DVLA, and they've said they've given me a conditional offer, mate. They've said it's six what, points you, and a grand. DVLA University. They set this offer now, and you have three points and a oneer. So I was like, yeah, I'll have three points and a oneer, obviously. Hell. So I was quite pleased about that, and I'm sending that straight off. I read once in Chris Evans's book, right? I'm not a huge Chris Evans fan, but I did read his first uh, autobiography. I think it was for a work thing. I was reviewing it. It was years ago. Okay, yeah. And I actually did find it quite entertaining and interesting. I think he did a two-part autobiography about 12 years ago. Right. And um, in it, he talked quite a lot about dealing with tough times in his life. So it wasn't just one of these, and then I was very famous on telly and I had all this money. I mean, there are bits like that in it and they are sensational, <laughs> right? They are really sensational because, you know, Chris Evans, whether you like him or not, he's just from very kind of working class background and is the way in which his life sort of turned very, very quickly, completely <clears throat> the opposite of what it had been. Yeah, well, you could, from- you could also say that about Peter Sutcliffe. Yeah, I know that, yeah, but... I'm not, I'm not saying that... The, didn't kill anyone. Well, not as far as we know. Okay, the working-class well. background thing almost feels like a cliche, do you know what I mean? Work, oh, no. Work, no, yeah, but what I'm saying is is that he went from... No, it's not. There's a, there's a point to it in as much as he had not very much at all and then there was it wasn't like a gradual climb. It was like suddenly, very quickly... Mm. he had more money than he knew what to do with and that sent yeah. him mad and I do think there's something interesting in, in that so I do think that the working class not romanticising <clears throat> being working class as if that is an inherently good thing I'm more fascinated by the transition in anyone's life from being in one predicament to a very juxtaposed predicament overnight with no slow build right yeah, so it's yeah, just like yeah. fuck what do I do here do you know what I mean similarly if Chris, if Chris Evans had made perhaps one different life decision at one point in his life he could have also become a serial killer Maybe, but it's like yeah. sliding doors isn't it no Forks but I know what you mean I'm not I'm not saying oh he's from working class background therefore you should like him no not in the least fucking hell some of the worst people I know and, uh, and uh, you know had any dealings with her from that kind of background but no <laughs> the point is is that it was so fascinating the way in which he, he kind of it just came from nowhere. He was literally a mobile disco guy sort of thing. And then he got a radio yeah. show and then almost overnight he was just like everyone was throwing money at him. Yeah. Anyway, 
much less interesting, one of the least interesting things in his book, which is what I've been building up to, is that he claims that he has a policy because he, he writes these lists of ways in which to deal with adversity in uh, tough times in his life, right? Right. One of the things he claims now is, right, is that he never touches a piece of paper. He never touches a piece of paper more than once. Fucking hell. <laughs> okay. Have you ever heard that before no. about anyone? Is so that, the idea is, that, is what's, this, What's Andy, the reasoning behind that, then? The, the idea is this, right? You get you get a bill in the post, right? Or a letter or whatever the fuck it is. I mean, anything yeah. in the post these days is going to be designed to annoy you, isn't it? Yeah. And you get it, you open it, and in the same movement... Mm-hmm. you deal with it okay so what you don't do is you don't have a I mean I listen I know you're the logistical king of England and you're gonna tell us that you have some well I've got something where I don't even touch a piece of paper once I've gone one better <laughs> but to normal mortals in the yeah. in the world of logistics this is a big thing because it's like most of us you know you go oh fucking hell I'm busy I'm on my way in I've got some other shit on my mind what's this oh I'll quickly tear that up and, oh, fuck, I'll leave that there. I'll deal with that later in the week, mm-hmm. right? And then it's just, and it's a, it's a little fucking irritant in the back of your mind, whispering mm-hmm. at you, annoying you, little, almost imperceptible source of stress. And uh, Chris Evans is like, because of that, you just have to eradicate each thing right. as it goes along. So as it happens, you deal with deal it. With as it, it happens, you deal away. with it. Yeah. And so... With paperwork, I'm getting there. But what my thing is, I only now touch dog shit once. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See what I'm saying? It doesn't linger. It's straight under the tap. I trod in the dog <clears throat> oh. shit. I clean the dog shit. Oh, the shoes Bang, are in the Move bin. on. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that Chris Evans thing, I mean, that's nice, but that comes from a position of privilege. That comes from someone who's, who's got the ability to be able to deal with a bill when it lands on the doormat. Because, I mean, I've had times when there were bills coming through for credit cards every month that I couldn't fucking afford, and I'd just fucking put them away. Didn't even open them sometimes. Wow. I remember there was one time when I had HMRC knock on the front door asking for Fuck a sum it. of money that I didn't Pants. have. Yeah. What did you say? <clears throat> I haven't got it. What did they so say? So we, 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 we worked out a payment plan that I wasn't able to stick to anyway. <laughs> Jalapeño. Here's a brief but annoying message to let you know that you wouldn't be hearing this brief but annoying message if you were a subscriber to our Iron Filing Society Patreon offering. For the price of a pint and a St. Clements each month, you can get up to four episodes a week, nine months before the rest of the world gets them. Early access to regular episodes, lots of other marvellous benefits, and there's absolutely no adverts or brief but annoying messages like this that will get right on your ticks. Find out more and subscribe now at tftimemachine.com slash ironfilings. Jalapeño. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? 
helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Jalapeño. I had an accountant once who told me this. It's an um, old school accountant. Mm. And he said, if HMRC knock on your door, if they ever go to the extent of knocking on your door, he goes, if you know it's them, he goes, and you can usually tell because they'll have a badge on mm. that says tax man or something <laughs> like that. What you, what you have to do, you have to do it because if not, it'll drag on forever, is you open the fucking door and you just fucking spark them out. Bang! Knock them out. <laughs> right? He goes, because then, he went, if you show them you're not fucking around, he went, don't give them any verbals or any warning. He goes, open the door, and before they've even had a chance to open their gob, fucking bang! Bang! Right? He said, if you've got a stone island lying around the house or anything like that, even a fake one, he goes, stick that on first. Stick that on first as a warning. Stick your, yeah. Get your stony on. Go, yeah. hey! Whoever else in the house, fuck! <laughs> The tax man's at the door. Where's Miss Stoney? Is it in the wash? Right, then you get it on. You open the door. Bang, you knock the cunt out. And then you just close the door. And yeah. he said, trust me, you'll never hear from those cunts again. Because because they're on your property, so therefore you're entitled to spark them out. You're allowed it's to. It's the law. Yeah. It's British law. You can spark British anyone sure. who's turned up on your doorstep unexpected. No, not 100% sure, but pretty sure. It's just variation on the... Uh, the old adage of uh, first day in a new job or first day yeah. in prison, punch the biggest lad, put yeah. down a marker. Exactly. So, um, You've got to show HMRC that you mean business. Because yeah. mainly, they're just relying on you being scared. But if you start mm. fucking acting like that, they're going to go, whoa, best lay off this cunt, leave it, we'll write his debt off. HMRC is like, like getting a new dog. You have to dominate from the off in <laughs> exactly. the relationship. Otherwise, exactly. otherwise they'll just shit in your fucking living room. Yeah, um, and I have had tax men do that to me as well. Shit in your living room, yeah. They, they try all sorts of scare <laughs> tactics, don't Never they? Never let them over the threshold. Never let them over the threshold. But it's like vampires. If you invite them in, then they can do what they want. Yeah. Take your telly. <laughs> they take your telly. They shit on your fucking hearth rug. I didn't let this one in. It was knocking on my door. I says, no, I'll do this on the doorstep. Yeah, no, come right. on, Pe- people Cunts. might be watching. <clears throat> Your neighbours might be might be watching. Let's do this indoors. I went, no, let's just do it here. Let's yeah, that, well, it. that is a good power play. Because you go, yeah. mate, do you think that I give a fuck? Like that scene in um in Succession where someone, I can't remember who, goes to Shiv. Oh, Shiv. Goes, listen, if this gets out, <laughs> She's, they're sort of bargaining with each other. I can't remember what the situation is. And someone sort of threatens her by going, we could go to the press with this. It'd be pretty embarrassing for a company like yours to be caught in a scandal like this. And she just smiles and said, you should realise this about us. We don't get embarrassed. <laughs> and he just like totally power played. Um, that's a line that I use quite a lot on my daughter. Like she's always like, don't, don't do that. It's embarrassing. And I just go, listen, you don't. I don't get embarrassed about anything. So, 
Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a nice position. And, to and, be and in. that's like yeah. a threat to, mm. to people, isn't it? It's good because it's something that comes with age and confidence mm. and experience and that, that, that ability to not give a fuck what anybody it's thinks a, about It's like you. a superpower. Oh, it's like a shield, isn't it? It's yeah. like um, like when you see older people who are like genuinely eccentric in the way they dress and appear. Yeah, and you just I think love them. They give no fucks. But that's why I always like to call scenes in public. I mean, not always, but I'm happy to if someone starts kicking up a fuss because I always As you say recently to my kids, did I go, in Manchester. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Same thing. I go. People rely, depend on the fact that you're going to be very British and not say anything when they basically try to have the piss. <clears throat> And if you reveal to them that you're all too happy to be the centre of a fucking scene in public, yeah, then that the fucking you know it raises the stakes. Yeah. Although my kids now, because I told them about the Manchester incident where I told the bloke to call the police, and they went, "Oh, not that again." I said, "What do you mean again?" And they said, "That's your catchphrase, <laughs> call the police." And I said, "No, it's not." And then they reminded me of two other recent incidents where I had instructed people I was in an argument with to call the police on me. And they said, "It's a really strange thing to be going around demanding that people call the police on you." And I said, "Well, raises the stakes, doesn't it?" But the thing is, though, is it like? Was it not the case that they suggested the police come first? Yeah, they said it, but well, then I, go, they then didn't realise that I was going to really, it's, like... It's a reverse power play, isn't it? It's your trump card. It's like, yeah. go on then. Call the police. Well, it was, like, it. Um, it was like... It was like the other two times, was the, the, the crazy golf, which was earlier this year. Yes. <laughs> I told the woman to call the police on me because I'd walked off with the crazy golf things. Then yeah. come back to pay for them. Yeah, you did. Which I didn't have to do. Mm-hmm. And she said, you shouldn't have taken them away. I said, well, you were now. But I've been honest and come back. And she could have I'm had, paying you. You could have got away with that. She would have no knowledge you'd even been She'd there. have no knowledge. No one would. And actually, there, it, was a victim, it was a victimless crime too, Andy. And a perfect big, crime. Yeah. You know, big crazy golf. As if they're going to fucking notice. You know, there's one. There's probably one guy, Sir John Crazy Golf, who owns every crazy golf course across the whole of the UK, Right. Or maybe there's two families and they war with each other over territory. I don't know. But <laughs> what I'm saying is there's people fucking creaming a lot of, a lot of fucking profit off of the crazy golf schemes. Yeah. You know, at that racket. <laughs> and one fucking stolen round is not going to fucking be noticed by any cunt. You know, <laughs> so I could have got away with it, but I'm a man of principle. So I went back and paid. And then she said, well, you've already committed a crime by doing it in the first place. So we'll call the police then. <laughs> what was the other one? You said there was a, a, a third one. There was an incident um, where I, I can't remember if I told you this one. I'm pretty sure I did because I, I kept, I, I was parking. And I bumped another guy's car who was parked in front of me, a parked vehicle in front of me. And I bumped it and the kids were in the car with me. Mm. And the guy, you know, it happens sometimes. It's been done Ed, anyone has had it done to them and had done it against people. It's a little bump, Andy. Bump. Do you know what I mean? Bumper to bumper. Bump. Like Why that. Bump. are bumpers called bumpers? Fucking exactly right. Exactly. And it's just a little bump. That's what they're there for. It's fun. If anything, it's fun. People it's, pay yeah, to go on the bumper cars, Andy. It should be encouraged. Yeah, bump, bump. It's fucking, I mean, life can be dull and routine. And so if someone comes and bumps you with their car, you should be thanking them. 
Lots of cars now have got those rear parking sensors where you can tell when you're about to bump someone. Yeah. So you can use that to your advantage and make the bump as small as it can possibly exactly. be. Exactly. Just, just a do little it for bump. Fun. Just like... have a fun bump. It's like Why a little, it's, you know, it's a little bit of a, it lends you a bit of frisson, yeah, isn't it? So like, fucking, I've been bumped. Brightens the day up, doesn't it? But this guy got out and he went, what the hell are you doing? Like, like I'd fucking thrown a fucking pike glass full of shit at him or something, right? And I went, what? Bump, bump. I bump, said, bump. I just, I bumped you. It's me bumping Bobby. Bumping Bobby of Barnes, <laughs> right? Just a little bump, <laughs> bump, mate. And he went, that's... Don't do that or something. I went, all right, calm down. Don't talk to me like that, right? So then he got back in the car, and I it was it was like I'd done it as a wind up. I wind up, but I swear I hadn't. I had to conti- I had to complete the parking manoeuvre. So I went to straighten the car, and I did a little bump just as he got back in. The- <laughs> so then it did look like I was winding him up, but I wasn't. And he this second time he went mad, right? And I said sorry quite a few times. And then I got out of the car and he went, this is outrageous. And I said, where where do you want to go with this? And he went, well, what do you mean? I said, well, you're shouting at me. You're shouting abuse. You're upsetting my kids. The kids weren't upset. They were laughing. Right. Um, Of course. And uh, I said, you know, I said, you want to escalate it, but where's it going to go realistically? And then I just went and he carried on shouting. I said, I think you should call the police. And he said, what? And I said, well, you obviously think that I'm doing something out of order. And if you mm. want to escalate it any further, you're not getting anywhere just by shouting at me in the street. Call the police and let's see what they make of all this. Yeah, yeah. Call and, the bump um, police. <laughs> but you know there was a power play on me that day. Because I was like, in the end, I did lose my temper. And I said, if you carry on shouting at me, I'm going <clears> to <throat> knock you out, right? Which was quite a bold claim. Yeah. But I always think you might as well go in hard with a threat. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Mm-hmm. And, um, and then he started saying, ah, he's threatening to attack me. And I was like, yeah, yes, I am. Don't fucking shout it as if it's a secret. I just did it in public, right? You're not fucking exposing anything here. And and then, and so I'm thinking, oh, this is kind of going all right. But obviously, I hope I don't have to <laughs> this is going knock all right. him out. This is, this is, this situation could be going worse. It could be going better. But it, you know, it is what it's it is. Bad. I bumped, I bumped the cunt twice. Something was bound to happen here, and this is it, right? This is where we are. <laughs> um, that's just what you have to think. Something you just have to think. This is an, mm. you have to sort of step back from it and sort of think this is an entertaining situation that I'll look back on, yeah. and or like or basically nowadays I just think this is content. And yeah, of course. The, and uh, but you know the the it's suddenly a woman his handler i call her because i'm not i couldn't work out whether she was a like a sister or a wife or what and she came and she started going mental at him not at me mm. and i thought this is peculiar why is she going mental at him and um it became apparent that he that he had i thought maybe for is he if i missed something here is he like maybe a bit mentally ill or something right. like that um Maybe because it, it was issue, a massive overreaction to the issue bumper that bump, needs to be considered to the yeah. bumper bump. Yeah. Anyway, this is when it gets pretty bleak, mate. Because I'm thinking, mm. oh, maybe if he's got an issue and maybe I, you know, have overreacted here or something. But he, uh, she came over to me. She went, "I'm sorry about this, but um, he's just had a really bad health diagnosis." And I went, "What? 
And she went, yeah, it's really bad. <laughs> Shit. I don't know why I'm laughing. But I was like, oh, no. And she went, so he's he's being a bit volatile. I said, I only bumped him. I said, I was really apologetic, but he wouldn't stop shouting. He's shouting across the kids. He wouldn't stop. So in the end, I had to sort of threaten him to get make him shut up. And she went, well... Look, he's had some really bad news. And then I looked at him and he was back in the car, but she was shouting. I'm like, get back in the car now. And I was thinking, what she's trying to say? She didn't say the word cancer. It's cancer, thought, right, isn't it? Yeah. This, this bloke's yeah. had a fucking cancer diagnosis. Yeah. He's got the raging ump about it. I fucking bumped him, not once, but twice. Mm. And he's thought, fuck it, I've got nothing to lose now. I mean, it might have been a terminal diagnosis. So he might have thought, fuck it, I don't care. Yeah, I'm going to go mad like Michael yeah. Douglas in Falling Down. Yeah. And I had said, I'll knock you out. Imagine if I had fucking punched him and then he just died. Yeah, on the spot. If Fuck. someone's got bad cancer, you can <clears throat> kill them with a punch, can't you? You can, yeah. I think that's how they do it in Switzerland if you go over there for the, yeah, uh, the yeah. euthanasia thing. They'll, they'll, they'll just spot <laughs> you dead. It's, it's, it's easier... It's easier and cheaper than using the, the chemicals and everything. They'll just spark you out. We will, that's we that. will, what, what budget are you working no to? No one really knows. Well, we on. haven't got much money, to be honest, because um, since I got the old di- the cancer diagnosis, obviously I went on a spending spree. <laughs> I mean, what else was I supposed to do? Uh, I've had a few, fair bought few slap-up lunches. Bought myself a fur coat. I bought, bought a fur coat and, and, a, and a Cadillac. <laughs> And I've been out for fucking, I've been out to casinos, fancy hotels, the lot. So I'm a bit skint, but I do want to be euthanized. Really want to die right now. Well, we have two packages. We've got the gold package where we use a cocktail of fancy chemicals. That one's dead expensive. But for someone looking at a more economical approach, you can pay for our standard package where we just get a big Swiss lad. Take it around the back. The and he will just he will spark you he'll <clears throat> spark you dead yeah we hope we we have a couple of lads hold you so you can't run or duck right yeah. <laughs> and he will just what sort of cancer is it is it in the face or head area yeah yeah i've got cancer of the nose well that's perfect because one big punch and you're out of the game permanent is there a possibility that the punch could actually cure it Rather than oh, no. kill me. <laughs> oh, we don't know, maybe. But there's only one way to find out, it, isn't there? It Either way, it's a win. It punches you that hard, the cancer goes full circle, mate. Either way, it's a win for you, isn't it? You're either dead yeah. or we knock or the better. cancer out completely. So That's 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 our <clears throat> that's our slogan on the um on our clinic's front door. It says dead or better. Either way, you're uh, getting your money's worth. Uh, uh, dead because it's obviously it's the cheaper version. We'll then just put you in the wood chipper that we've got around the back, and uh, that's that. Good, good. I'm glad. I don't there want a funeral be, anyway. There will be no funeral. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Punched so um, to death by a Swissman. So what? What a dear cancer diagnosis and a double bump from Sam Delaney from <laughs> yeah, uh, Street from Row. Sam Fucking hell. I told this story before, I think. But, yeah, so the kids are like, you've got to stop telling people to call the police on you. It's a fucking stupid thing to be doing. One of these days, some someone will call the police on you and then you'll be sorry. Well, you probably won't be, though, because they're all threatening no. the police with really trivial stuff. So I know. I mean, obviously, I'm, I'm not... I said to them, I'm not an idiot. I'm not going to tell them to call the police when I actually do think I'm guilty of a serious <laughs> crime. That's the old fucking scam I've got going. I'm not a lawyer, but I'm also not an idiot either. Yeah. 
I'm not going to like rob a bank and then say, oh, just quickly talking of bank robberies and such like, uh, real quick, a film recommendation. It's mm-hmm. an old classic and lots of people have seen it, but it's one of it's on my list of classics I've never seen. Right. And it's the film Villain from 1970. Oh, yes. Brilliant film. What? At last night, um, I had some time to myself. I think my, my Len had gone to bed and the girls were downstairs watching something I wasn't interested in. So I thought, fuck it, I'll watch Villain. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm three quarters of the way through. I rented it off Apple TV. Unfortunately, I could only find it on Apple TV. Right. So if you haven't got... so. Because I think it would be a superb deep dive. Oh, it's very diveable, yeah. It's very diveable. Because although it's legitimately very good, mm-hmm. there are fascinating... I mean, it's got huge connections in, in, in so many ways, I feel, to Yesterday's Hero. Although it's yes. about 10 years before or nine years yes. before Yesterday's Hero. Obviously, it does have McShane in it, yeah. a younger McShane. But McShane's character is very much how you imagine Rod Turner to have been nine years previously. Yeah. It's like Rod Turner in his prime. Yeah. But he's got very much a Rod Turner sort of attitude to life. Like there's a bit where he takes his own girlfriend to a party at a country house, right? And she goes, oh, what are we going there for? He goes, oh, it's just some mates. They're nice mates. It's at a country house. It'll be a laugh. So she goes, oh, all right, I'll come. But she doesn't really <clears> want to go. He gets there and he introduces her to a disgusting MP, right? Mm. Played by the one and only Donald Sindon. Yes. Right? And he's like, one. And what have we here? He's, McShane's name is Wolf. Oh, Wolf! Oh, what gorgeous creature of you! What are you in there? Oh, like really disgusting, horrible, disgusting, sleazy MP. Who, who, who regrettably could still exist to this day. You wouldn't have to change it at all if you were setting this film in the current day. Yeah. And fucking Rod Turner, Ian McShane, Wolf. He goes, oh yeah. Oh, yeah, this is Janice or whatever her name is. He goes, yeah, oh, this is so-and-so, the right honourable so-and-so. He goes, here, anyway. And by the way, they've driven right out of London into, like, the Surrey countryside. He just all of a sudden goes, anyway, Janice, uh, I've got to shoot off. And she goes, what? They've just got there, right? And she goes, what? And he goes, I've got to shoot off. I've I've just remembered I've got a bit of business back in London to attend to. And she goes... Well, I'll come with you. He goes, no, 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 no. I've got to do it on my own. But I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to take your car. And she goes, what? And he goes, don't worry. You can stay the night here. He'll look after you. Point into the creepy of me. And he goes, well, oh, Jesus. Janice, yeah. it would be my absolute pleasure to escort you for the rest of the weekend. And she goes, you absolute sod wolf. And he just like goes, ta-da. And sort of waltzes out in a Teddy Sheridan son and gets in her sports car and fucks up. Yeah, it's like so Rod Turner but by the way he's not even the main character Richard Burton is playing villain Richard Burton. who is astonishingly good but yeah. there's also Joss Ackland's in it mm-hmm. and there is also a running egg theme to the pro- to the whole film I don't know if you remember that but Can't Joss Ackland is an idiot villain right who Richard mm. Burton is really mean to and he's called Edgar and he has a stomach ulcer and he cut, he is constantly eating eggs because he oh, claims yeah. that his doctor has told him yeah. that he needs to eat every two hours on the two hour to soothe his uh, stomach ulcer. And so he carries around hard boiled eggs with him as a, yes. so he's got a snack even if he's on the road doing some crimes. <laughs> it's so funny. 
What do you a know film. What? It's extremely diveable. If we can find it anywhere for free, because I don't suppose it's fair doing it if it's only available on Apple TV. Yeah, but... I'm looking at it's it's on YouTube, but it's only to buy or um, subscribe or rent or right. whatever. You've got to fork out for it. But it's right. brilliant. Do you know who wrote it? Yes, it's Clement and Lafrenier. Clement isn't it? Lafrenier, yeah. Of course it is. Yeah, brilliant film. It is it's absolutely it's, great. It, and it's like, it was the same era, almost the same year, I think, as Get Carter. And there's yeah. a lot of similarities with Get Carter, especially yeah. obviously the setting and the the styling is just mm-hmm. wonderful. It, the cars and all the rest up, of it. It crops up on Talking Pictures, the channel that sometimes shows Yesterday's Hero. Oh, okay. It crops up well, on there maybe. now and again. So um, maybe we'll, um, yeah, maybe we'll look into it at some point because there's, there's a, a lot going bit. on. When Richard Burton first meets first meets up with um, Edgar, the one played by Joss Ackland, it's a young Joss Ackland, so it's funny because you think of him obviously in Lethal Weapon Two, going diplomatic immunity or evoked. But this is him when he's yeah. young. He plays a right don't. He, he basically looks and behaves a bit like Bernard Breslau in the Carry On films because he's sort of <laughs> like a big ape and he's really yeah. dumb, right? Yeah. And he's like, oh, oh, what about the girls, Sid? Like that, and he's like, um. <laughs> And they, he meets them at a posh restaurant, a re- his, his favourite posh restaurant. It's called like a luxury restaurant in a casino. And he meets his mate, this other top villain, and the mate brings along Joss Ackland with him. And you tell Richard Burton's really fucked off. He's like, who's this cunt you've brought, right? And so he looks at the menu and Joss Ackland goes, he said, and the, men, the waiter's like French. And he goes, uh, what <clears throat> did you like, sir? And he goes, oh. He looks at him and he goes, oh, I'll just have a couple of poached eggs. And Richard Burton's character <laughs> is so disgusted. He goes, you what? And he goes, there's a couple of poached eggs. He goes, poached eggs? Poached eggs? This is one of the best French menus in the whole of London. You can't order poached eggs here. <laughs> oh, I've got a stomach ulcer and the doctor says it's given them. And he's just like, you think he's going to fucking rip his head off for ordering two poached eggs? It was at that moment I thought, Diverball? Question mark. Very much so. Yeah. yeah, you can rent it on YouTube for three pound forty nine, or buy it for seven ninety nine. I definitely recommend you watch it though. It's so good. Um, yeah, really, really good. Villain. <clears throat> right, that's it. Um, prediction update. Um, not much went on. You got two points. I got three points. Results bot got three points. Um, Burnley Spurs was one of the games we predicted that was postponed, so that null and void. Uh, so now you're on 50 I'm on 49 results bottom oh, 39 yeah really close and I'd just like to say that you didn't dwell on the um, predictions last week but you in Watford Manchester United I think I'd predicted a United win and you had said without hesitation because I remember it clearly I think you predicted 3-1 to or 3-0 even to Watford and I said 2-1 like, to Watford what? Two one. No, yeah. you said more. I'm sure you no, said I've got more. Two one. I've got it written down here in front of me. Two one. Because when you it came in, I just remember that. I know it's like ancient history <clears throat> now. But when that result came in, I remember thinking, "Fucking hell!" I'm pretty sure Andy predicted that Watford would thrash Man U. But anyway, mm. I was wrong. So forget the whole thing well, I just said. But at least you predicted a Watford win. At least I was in your head for a little while, and it's just those yeah. little victories that count and add up in the end. Hopefully. Right, yeah. that's it from this one. Uh, we'll be back, obviously, throughout the week with lots of brand new Iron Filing Society content. Subscribe or perish. Thank you. Goodbye. All the best.
When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.